Welcome everyone, live from De La Salle College, Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. My name is Lincoln Patton and my co-hosts today are Finn Howes, Lewis Gordon and Harry Chabank. Our special guest today is a Gambling Harm expert, Claire Emmanuel, who will discuss the ethics of gambling. Hi Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, we've got a few questions for you to ask you. Um, the first one would have to be, what forms do you think gambling takes? It takes different forms. So, so there is the land-based gambling, which is like the pokies um, or the online gambling. There is also online gaming that uh, has elements of gambling in it. Yeah. What role do you play in this? Uh, I play, uh, I'm a community engagement officer. I go and I provide education sessions at schools, in communities, at workplaces. So community members and professionals as well. Um, I, I also promote uh, help-seeking behavior. So not just uh, educating people about the gambling harm and, and uh, promoting the prevention, but also uh, encourage people to seek help um, so, Claire, what are the current gambling trends that you are seeing now and from in the past, and have they changed over time? Uh, they have. Uh, with the advance of technology and after post-COVID lockdown, we've noticed that more people are gambling online. So the visibility of the gamblers that pre- before COVID we used to see at um, um tab, for example, or hotels, pubs, um, and uh, pokey venues, they have reduced a little bit, but we have seen an increase of online gambling. Would, oh. you, would you say that online gambling is more dangerous than um, the normal gambling? Gambling is gambling. So it doesn't matter whether it's online or whether it's land-based. Uh, the, the effects are the same because you are taking the chance and risking something of value, which is predominantly money, in the hope of winning some more uh, where the outcome is uh, not certain. What are some shocking statistics about gambling that our viewers would be interested in? Um, look, in uh, Victoria, we um, we know that, you know, um, a lot of um, expenditure is happening, you know, per, per annum. So imagine that an average of $1,330 uh, per year for an individual to spend on gambling. That's that's a lot of money. Um but also the the pitfalls are, um, you know, you can't catch a, a person who's gambling online because you don't know how much they are spending, uh, the accessibility uh, and any 24-7. So that, that is one of the things. So um, we've got like um, 8.28 million per day that are being spent. That's a very high um, number. Also, we've got 26,000 and a half poking machines, you know, that are across Victoria. Um, yeah, so this is significant. Um, so, Claire, we know that um, gaming, especially among the younger people, is becoming a growing popularity and the exposure they have to gambling is also becoming greater. So what do you think is influencing these children to gambling from gaming specifically today? So, uh, firstly, the first factor is the ease of accessibility. 
What uh, might sound or what might seem to be a PG-rated game might have, after people start gaming in it, might have the pitfalls of paid um, um, money for, for the game, as well as we don't know as the loot boxes and the skins uh, pop up, there are treasure chests where the gamers are really enjoying having a time thinking that it's for free to upgrade that game and to make it more challenging, they need to put more money. Sometimes also those games can be aggressive and the pitfalls of that is that if they are done in groups or if the person who is on one side of the screen gaming with someone else on the other side of the screen, they don't know who they are. They can be predators, they can be people trying to get their bank account, or they can be people who are by far older than them that, you know, they can be tricking them. So there are pitfalls in those. How will the next generation be affected by gambling? Um, because of the technology and the access that you can find that either on the iPhone, on the phone or on the tablet or the laptop or computer. And God knows in the future what sort of devices we might have, you know, with the um, uh, artificial intelligence and the metaverse. Um, there are, I mean, I think that people, um, the, the easier they access it, uh, the more risky it is for them. And so this is our role is to raise awareness, to prevent, um, the addiction to gambling and gaming, uh, because some game features have an inflated sense of achievement um, that people think that, oh, wow, I'm really doing so well, but they don't know that it's leading them to become addicted gamblers, especially with the dopamine, you know, that uh, the, the brain um, secretes. For the listeners out there, what could be the next or first step to stopping your child from gambling online? That's a very good question. Because what parents can do is talk to their kids and talk to them about the pitfalls of the gaming. Talk about also the value of spending long hours uh, doing alternative activities that can be social, that can be healthy, that can be beneficial uh, without the risk of losing money and losing their health, losing their uh, concentration or mental health. Also, there are like, for example, they can unplug, they can install the nanny like softwares that can block, block certain sites. Uh, they can also sit with their children and uh, join with them in those uh, games and try to give them advice and see what their kids are being exposed to. Um, with that ga gambling with gaming, virtual reality is becoming a newer form of gaming. And this also then influences them in different ways. And we were wondering how that might affect them, um, virtual reality moving into the future. Technology will always progress. Um, if you think in the old times, we did not have the smartphones. We did not have access to the internet. So we couldn't gamble or use apps, download apps and have the GPSs and this um, uh, advanced technology. Um, you know, those... Um, um, uh, the virtual reality, as you're saying, there is augmented reality, there is artificial intelligence, there is the metaverse. There are those Google things that you have that, um, that you can wear. Yeah. 
the point is to be aware and to be resilient and to have that critical thinking and judgment. Is this game benefiting me? What's in it for me? Am I losing too much money? Am I losing my time, my valuable time on it rather than doing something else? Or can I put a limit? I can enjoy it. I can explore it. But I can put a limit rather than the game itself or the virtual reality takes over my life uh, and be immersed in it without me being able to control that uh, urge. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM from live from De La Salle College, Melbourne, Australia. My name is Lincoln Patton and my co-hosts today are Finn House, Lewis Gordon and Harriger Bank. And our special guest today is Claire Emmanuel. So Claire, um, do you have any specific support services that are available? We do. Uh, we have counseling uh, services that are therapeutic counselors and financial counselors because we know that the pitfalls of gambling, uh, people can um, uh, be short of money, they incur debts. And this is a very important topic that we talk to students at school about money matters and budgeting because the credit score, if people keep spending money without limit and without really um, ha having self-control on those urges and expenditures, they can get themselves into debts with a credit card. And this stays for a lifetime, the credit score. So in the future, if they graduate from university and they want to start up their own business or buy their own car or like uh, uh, borrow money to, to buy a house or do something um, for, their, um, for themselves, they can't receive a loan from the bank because they had a bad credit score when they were young, borrowing and having their credit cards in, uh, in deficit. So, um, and also they can contact the youth line on 1800 262 So with the impact um, gambling has on young people's credit scores, can that by any chance be repaired in any way or is that permanent? So it's not the gambling that impact, the, it's the debt that people incur out of using their credit cards to use for gambling or to feed their gambling. They could be borrowing money for something else and they don't repay that. So it's very important to be mindful of the prioritizing what people are spending money on, having a distinction between needs versus wants. And also, and it's also budgeting. So that's really very, and spending leaks. Because also playing on, online and having those little loot boxes and skins, we call them spending leaks. Because you don't know how the money is trickling away from the credit card. In what ways is gambling normalized in Australia? That's a very good question. Um, the amount of money uh, invested in marketing and advertising in Australia on gambling uh, products, uh, whichever platform, whichever way it is, is exponentially 
very high. Um, so the normal, so marketing, advertising. So imagine that we have over 948 advertisements per day on free-to-air television, let alone the billboards, the signage, and the sponsorship at sports clubs and sponsorship at other venues as well that promote um, gambling platforms. So, and it's a social thing. It's the done thing. Everybody does it. And this is how it's being normalized. What techniques do ads use to bring in new gamblers? Uh, they give a sense that they've got the f- uh, free bets, uh, freemiums, for example. Um, they give like uh, incentives that if you try this one, you know, you will, you will get rewarded. So they'll give a little reward uh, in the hope that the person will be hooked on the game. And then, but definitely that reward is not for free because they're making more money out of people who are losing on the game. What are other losses apart from money when gambling? Uh, that's that's also a very good question. Um, people lose their time, you know, on uh, doing something productive, either with their schooling and the studies, or if they are working with the productivity. So imagine if people, um, there is absenteeism at work, how it impacts and affects the economy, that they are having people on uh, on leave, on sick day, on personal leave, because they are so tired from getting up in the morning because they've gambled all night. Or because people are withdrawn and de- depressed and anxious and uh, having some uh, developed some mental health issues, so uh, the losses are not just financial, but also it have, it have uh, emotional, mental, social. They lose their social circles as well because they become withdrawn. So the impact is really very uh, significant. How does the social side of gambling affect people? The social side of gambling affect people in two ways. At first, it looks and it appears to be really enjoyable because everybody is doing it. And these days, the advertisements encourage people to do it in groups rather than just the one person. But then it impacts the, pe- the person who is experiencing the harm from withdrawing from social engagement, family engagement, activities that they used to like to, to be part of, for example, sports activities or any health activities, hiking, for example, or doing some um, uh, hobbies that, that, that they'd like. That has a significant impact. Also, their attire, you see their appearance, self-neglect, for example, they don't eat well, they lose weight, or they look down and unkept, for example. Um, so it has very significant impact. Would imp- like would um, the impact that gambling has on their appearance, would that lead to different mental health um disorders yeah look um there are some comorbidities with gambling harm so it uh so the mental health can lead you know to depression and depression can lead to people to escape from reality um it might i can't say i can't generalize but it might lead them to have a few drinks they're thinking that they're gonna think uh, forget about reality it makes them vulnerable also if they get across a group that they would use illegal substances um, because they are vulnerable emotionally and they can't make a clear judgment about things. So there is like a um, 
a comorbidity that that occurs um, it affects and impacts relationships as well within the family aggression and friction and some challenges as well um you've helped many people with gambling how have they overcome their addictions they attended our uh, therapeutic and financial counseling and also they contacted the youth line um that really helped them. So the journey would have taken a different length of time depending on the personal circumstances of each individual um, and about, you know, whether they are in an environment that is supportive or, or if they're not in a supportive environment, it might take them a longer journey. But definitely people have benefited positively and significantly from the services that we provide. Um, you being an expert, what are some specific signs that you can may see in like a family member or friend that they may be hiding, trying to hide their gambling addiction? Do you know any? Uh, I don't know any. Nobody talks about their gambling addiction because yeah. there is a stigma that surrounds uh, gambling. And um, unlike alcohol and drugs, you can't see any physical symptoms or you can't smell them. You can't do like a breathalyzer or to detect that physically that there is a substance. But you can you can see that uh, the person who's experiencing the uh, gambling harm, they feel ashamed. They feel embarrassed. They feel um, like uh, they can't disclose and talk to the others. Uh, this is why they don't say that I'm experiencing harm from gambling. And they that is a barrier for disclosure and seeking help before people get to the point of crisis. So we try to encourage people that once they feel that they are not in control of their own decisions and of their own, um, they are not mindful of what they do, they pick up the phone and they uh, ring our counselors. This is going to sound like quite a big question, but I'm sure that the um, viewers at home would be interested. What do you think the future of gambling in Australia does look like? Uh, we cannot predict the future of gambling, but what we are doing currently is advocating with the government to reduce the number of um, advertisements and marketing. Um, the more education we do to the people, so the, no, the more people know better, they can do better. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully people can be able to help themselves and help people around them as well, because it's our responsibility. I just want you to be mindful that for one person who gambles and experiencing gambling harm, it can affect up to six people around them. Wow. So imagine, so it starts with the person, the family, the community, and the society as a whole. So it has a ripple effect. And this is why the World Health Organization classified it as a public health uh, issue. And this is why people can do better. We can improve, you know, uh, the prevention of gambling harm by promoting information to people, especially if we start at much younger ages, so people would not fall into the pitfalls of this addiction. That's all, to, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, um, Claire. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today and for giving everyone advice. Live from DLSL College, Melbourne, Australia, you've been listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. My name is Lincoln Patton and my co-hosts today are Finn Howes, Lewis Gordon and Harry Chabank. 
Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you have found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day. Just to repeat, the Gamblers Help Youth Line again is 1-800-262-376. Thank you.